Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello. I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we have a road trip with the pig. Hello. <laughs> Just keep it. I didn't know Serial you. killers with. Where are you? Uh, <laughs> I'm right here. The last button. Road trip with the panda. And polar bear. And polar bear, yes. That guy. <laughs> All right. Tonight, we're going to take a step back in time to colonial America. You know, at a time of the Puritans, of the colonists, and a time of hysteria. I'm, of course, speaking of the Salem Witch Trials. Now, as some of you know, the Salem Witch Trials ended in May 1693. 331 years ago. But a lot of people don't realize that these weren't the only witch trials in the New World in America. This is just the one that we refer to because of the absolute mass hysteria, the unreal evidence that was accepted in the courtroom, and the ages of the accusers. We're talking 9-year-olds, 11-year-olds being allowed to basically accuse innocent people and getting them killed. So before we start in on the Salem Witch Trials, I did want to mention that in Hartford, Connecticut, in 1662 to 1663, they did actually have a series of witch trials then. And about the same time that things were going on in Salem and Fairfield, in 1692 and 1693, again, about the same time in Fairfield, Connecticut. So the colonial America did have a few witch trials, but it's the one in Salem that has captivated our imagination. And I think part of it has to do with just the unrealism of it and the fact that there is actually some there are some lingering mysteries still surrounding this particular event, historic event. Now, of all of these, predominantly women are the most accused. In no, I know. <laughs> in Salem alone, one hundred and forty-one versus forty-four men were accused. In the others, in the Hartford, nine women versus four men, and in Fairfield. Six women versus one man. So there's obviously a, a vast disproportion of accusations against women. So uh, obviously this is something that is blatant. And why? Why? Because men thought they ruled everything. Well, yeah. And that's 
that's the thing I was looking into, and what what I found is that at that time they just couldn't see women succeed or think for themselves. And you you see a lot of these women that are accused they're they're independent. They're they have their own money. They're doing their own things. They speak their mind, and that was not okay at the time. That was that and I would completely agree with that. Didn't said it well. I but I would also add that I think overall there's been a mistrust of women, pretty much from the beginning. And we're talking a very religious colony. They obviously refer to the Bible for absolutely everything, and I do actually think to some degree. Their own religion kind of feeds into the mistrust of women, and when you look at the you know Christianity and what's in the Bible, we have a couple of interesting things. First, the first three main people in the Bible, two of them are women, and they're not to be trusted. You know, you know who I'm talking about, right? No, I thought you were talking Adam, Eve, and the snake. Correct, Adam, Eve, but Adam wasn't. Eve wasn't Adam's first wife. There was two. There was another one. Lilith. Who the fuck is Lilith? You guys ever heard of Lilith? I, well, I, I'm gonna state the the fact that I don't know the first three people again. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with no. I don't know who Lilith is. Lilith was Adam's first wife, but Adam, and this we're all adults here, so. <sighs> uh. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Adam. Lilith was of her own mind, uh-huh. and she believed or felt that they were equal. Uh, but Adam was a little bitch and didn't like, for instance, that Lilith wanted to be, in his mind, the dominant partner during sex. So they got into an argument, and Lilith was like, I'm out, use a bitch, I'm going to go find myself a new man. And she does. She goes and finds Lucifer. Nice. It's so all then, quoted exactly like that. Use a bitch. Use a bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a bitch. <laughs> he didn't want her to be his equal. You understand. Okay. So then he started crying like a little bitch. bitch. And God was like, what's wrong, Adam? And he's like, well, I'm alone. I'm lonely. So God was like, okay, we'll try this again. We'll take from your rib, quote, unquote. And he gave him Eve. I could have extra protection. But this bitch got to come. <laughs> she's That's why she's here, you know. Yeah. Anyways, but what did Eve go and do? She went and took the apple from the tree of knowledge and was told such by the serpent who was Lucifer. So here you have, in the beginning, two of which were too weak to fend off Lucifer and, or you know, have that kind of re- relationship established. And so, through their religious beliefs, they just came to believe that women were more susceptible to the devil because they were weak-minded. And on top of everything else, the the Bible actually has the stance against witches, obviously. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 2, verse 18, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So, women aren't to be trusted. Witches are bad, and they can't live. we got to get rid of them, per their religion. And they even kind of came up with stupid ways to kind of figure out who's a witch. Uh, and the main one being, obviously, female. You know, 
That the probability of you being—I know. Why do you keep winning? Yeah. I, I'm accusing. <laughs> I keep <laughs> accusing. He's practicing his accusements. I, I'm gonna keep doing it the entire time. As a privileged white man, he's allowed <laughs> to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you were female, the probability of you being a witch was pretty high. If you had your milk go bad frequently, that was a sign. If you had a black cat, a familiar that you know was friendly with you. If you'd been left-handed, you were a witch. That was your grandma. If you were able to predict the future, if you had a bad reputation because you were cantankerous or grouchy or, you know, you didn't give a fuck. If you were pretty, if you were too pretty, if you were too ugly, if you had a birthmark or any kind of strange markings on your body, if you were weird or living alone, if you didn't go to church, you something was wrong with you who didn't go to church. If you were young, middle-aged, or old, and if you were not married, if you were a healer, if you had a mole or some type of third nipple, if your neighbors are having a hard time conceiving children, you could be blamed as a witch because you were stealing their would-be babies from them. Blame that neighbor. If their crops failed or if they were having a shit time, they were likely to blame, you know, ugly Elizabeth as a witch next door. And if you said, you know, I hope you get fucking chicken pox, and you did, you could accuse that person of being a witch. And so, I mean, they just basically looked for anything. And and then even when they were like, we think you're a witch, we're going to test you, they dunk you in the water. And if you swim for your life, you're a witch. And they killed you. But if you're drowned, they're like, oops, are bad. But you're innocent. Maybe at least you're not a witch. <laughs> Another one is you, to prove that you were not a witch, if you said the Lord's Prayer without making any mistakes or omitting something. And then they had this stupid thing called a witch cake. <laughs> so they, had, they didn't have Google, clearly. They didn't have Wikipedia. They didn't have the Dewey Decimal System to do some research to find the right books. They just made shit up, just like the Romans and the Greeks did, to to explain things. But it was always just the devil, the devil's doing, you know. And as Puritans, they saw if I was living in a wealthy life, God was shining on me. If you were poor and 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 hungry and you had a shit life, God was not smiling on you, and you were bad. Didn't so, they all live shit lives, though? I mean, if you weren't part of the political party, co- pretty you, much, you weren't a yeah. Quaker or somebody. So, I mean, let's talk about that. We're talking, they've been in the New World, um, you know, the land of America in the last 70 years. And in those 70 years, they had faced hunger, starvation, you know, weather, death, <laughs> disease, each other, religious persecution, and wars with Native Americans. So they had a lot of shit going on. While they're trying to build their villages, establish their farms. But again, they were fighting with each other. And Mm -hmm. two of the big problems were land boundaries and grazing rights. And Salem, which was actually kind of two parts, was there's the village of Salem. And then there was the town of village. Yeah, the town of Salem. The town of Salem. And the town of Salem was doing way better than the village of Salem. So basically the business people were doing better than the farmers. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to touch on was the the Puritans themselves was uh, it was you know a, a separate you almost want to call it a cult because they they <laughs> kind of separated themselves from the main religion for, uh, from England and they wanted to abolish all the 
pretty much all the stuff that wasn't in the Bible that the uh, church was going by, they wanted to take the Bible for exactly what's written, like word per word, and they had a very strict understanding of the Bible. And then they referred to themselves as a little, uh, uh, like a little hopeful, bright town on the hill. The beacon on the hill. Yeah. So, but the other thing, right, in addition to the strict religious mentality or hope, they essentially have, on top of everything else, this huge division between two warring parties within this community. So, whereas we're familiar with uh, Hatfields and the McCoys, we're talking the Putnams and the Porters. And to add between all of these issues, the Putnams and the Porters... The winter of 1692 was actually considered one of the coldest winters ever recorded. Devil's work. Right. So here they're freezing. They're fighting each other. And on top of everything else, there's this guy, Samuel Paris. Paris was the fourth minister to come to Salem, and he was straight power tripping before he even got there. Paris demanded that he be provided a house. He demanded property. He demanded firewood, all in the role of the town minister. Now, Paris, he was a failed businessman, and he just had this this massive ego, and he, in his mind, decided to use the role as the town minister to publicly punish people for any infractions as a means to gain power, to gain respect, and authority over people. And on top of everything else, he also demanded money. And he was known to have said, the more plentiful you are, the more money I shall be paid. So he literally got this chip on his shoulder. He has this desire to be an authoritarian. And on top of everything else, he's got an ally. He has the support of the Putnam family. And as such, he, of course, has, the, has some opposition. Whereas the family, the Putnam family supports him and his demands and his position, the Porter family opposes him. And it's like, this guy is ridiculous. And it all comes to head one freezing night in January of 1692. Supposedly after dinner, Paris's daughter Elizabeth, or later known as Betty Paris, age nine, and his niece Elizabeth, Abigail Williams, age 11, I just, this just floors me. Along with his slave, Tituba, a South American native who he picked up in Barbados, were alone, and Tituba was explaining to them about black magic, voodoo, and telling them, kind of like reading their future, like their palms, reading them, reading their future, telling them about their future husbands. When one of the girls supposedly has a vision of a coffin, and wigs out. I mean, she starts, you know, losing her shit. Both Betty and Abigail begin to have convulsive fits. They start screaming, throwing things across the room, making strange or animal-like noises. They begin hiding under the furniture, contorting their bodies into odd positions. All the while, they're claiming to have been pinched or pricked with pins. So Paris calls in the town doctor, Dr. William Griggs, who inspects them, he finds absolutely nothing is wrong with these girls. There's no actual proof that the girls are actually being harmed, so he says that they are, quote-unquote, afflicted 
and were under the evil hand of the devil. That's right. That's how medicine worked back there. That's yeah. right. Ghosts in your blood. You got to do cocaine about it. <laughs> <laughs> do a little blow to get take the edge off. Now, later on, Dr. Griggs will get the position of determining and diagnosing of how much these girls or how much of a witch people were. Get the Satan meter out. Correct. <laughs> get a stick and just. So now that this doctor with the minister saying, you know, the devil's come to Salem. The matter gets brought before the chief justices because that was a fucking thing. And we're talking Chief Justice Jonathan Corwin and Jonathan Hawthorne. And on February 9th, 60, 1692, they bring the girls to court and they demand the girl's name who is afflicting them. Who, you know, who's doing these horrible things. They name three women. They name Tituba. They name Sarah Good. Then they named Sarah Osborne. Sarah Good was a homeless beggar who, with her child, went from house to house begging for food. So she didn't work. That was not a good thing. She was also known to smoke a pipe, which the community looked down upon. And if that wasn't enough, she was considered a cantankerous woman to deal with. And she never attended church. So, I mean, these are, you're just sending out all these these basic things of today's world, though. (laughs) She's on the pipe, doesn't go to church. <laughs> I don't think it's She's Satan. vaping. She's yeah. vaping. <laughs> She's probably a witch. She's probably a witch. She blows smoke. Correct. And on top of everything else, even Sarah's own husband points the finger and says, yeah, she's a witch. As for Sarah Osborne, Sarah Osborne had not been able to attend church for the last three years due to a long illness. And as she was dealing with problems with legal issues with the Putnam family. So here you start to see that divide between the Porter clan and the Putnam clan. And to be even added on to being looked down upon, she, re- she marries a former indenture servant. And they're like, mm, you, that's just not even okay. You're nasty. Oh, you nasty. That's right. It's like essentially marrying like a slave. Right. Yeah. Must be good. So here you have Tituba, who's familiar with voodoo, Sarah, who's extremely poor, and a foul individual who didn't go to church with everybody, Osborne, who's an enemy of Putnam, and didn't also didn't go to church. These three women are primed to be accused of being a witch. Now, even though the initial two, and I mean, again, the two accusers are under Paris's house, and one of the victims or the accused is also in Paris's house. I mean, that's a red flag. Your daughter and your niece who live with you are accusing people who aren't giving you the respect that you said that you want. Yada, yada, yada. In addition to that, a third accuser joins them, and we're talking 11 year old Anne Putnam Jr. And I mean, and here's kind of. Why I'm going, hmm, I don't think this was really a witch hunt as opposed to getting rid of your enemies. Out of the 86 women and men that were accused, Anne Putnam alone accuses 62 people. And they go to jail. She has the voice of God. Apparently. Yeah, well, like The I finger of God, sir. The other Putnams join in, too. I think five of the Putnam family start accusing. All their neighbors their that they're pissed off with, fighting with. Okay, but... Now, with regards to Tituba, she is actually the first to be brought before the courts. She 
even has this moment where she could probably change the course of this. But later on, she will say, after all this is said and done, that Paris beat her until she confessed, and at which time he makes her make a witch cake. So let's talk about that real quick. A witch cake is something of a concoction between rye flour and urine of the victim gets cooked. Yeah, I know. You can't see the panda's face, but it's not pleasant. (laughs) It gets cooked, and then it gets fed to a dog. And supposedly one or two things are supposed to happen. Either the dog dies, confirming that they were afflicted, (laughs) or the dog points to the witch to say, this is the lady that's afflicting this victim. So I got to get some flour. Some rye flour and some urine of the victim. What if I'm my own victim? Well, I think you're okay. I'm a victim. Possessing yourself. (laughs) I possess myself, trust me. Someone told me to drink that bottle last night. (laughs) And it wasn't me. (laughs) It was the sin inside of me. The devil. The devil told me to drink. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) this stupid cake concoction fails. The piss cake. The witch cake. So I'm just imagining those little urinal things in the men's bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> the blue ones? <laughs> the blue ones. Yeah, so I'm imagining it comes out to be, because that's the only thing that makes piss and is also named cake. Okay. And so well, which, I'm going to call them little witch cakes now every time I go to the bathroom. Witch cake, bro. Yeah, that's for after when you pee. It's like a little mint afterwards. You're supposed yeah, to it's eat a, well, it's a cake. It's an after. Yes. It's a dessert. <laughs> they make her go to court. Okay. And she confesses. She says, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. No. In addition to this, she confirms that both Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne are witches. And she goes on to give this long and lengthy detail of a confession, which includes how they rode upon broomsticks. And then she blasts this horrible, horrible moment wide open. When she says that there are other witches that she cannot divulge because she could not see their faces. So not only does she confirm the other two, she announces that there are more out there. And this blows the doors wide open. I mean, that and her confession itself was, it went from, oh, maybe she's a witch. You know, maybe there's witches in our community to as soon as she confessed, everybody was like, oh, shit. We're surrounded. There's for reals witches in our community. And yeah, so... The way Tichuba, I, I say it different than you said. Uh, the way <laughs> he t- says it with a Ukrainian uh, accent. Yeah. <laughs> the way Tichuba descri- uh, or described it, she said that the devil came to her, and uh, in a form of a uh, black dog, and had uh, and had a book with all these witches' names written on it or crosses with their blood, and um, that's that, that's what started it all. And she says that Sarah Good was there in the vision or premonition. Sarah Good was there, and so was Sarah Osborne. So Sarah Sarah Osborne was accused, like you said, because of her uh, poor attend- attendance to church and her uh, marriage to a servant, and she was she was thrown to jail. So they were they, at this point. Every time they accuse someone, they th- put them in their local jail, which wasn't very big at all. Probably the darkest corner of this story was Sarah Good. Sarah Good was pregnant when she was accused of witchery, and she denied, 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 and at that time, if 
you're a witch, then your family most likely are witches too. So while Sarah Good was in jail, her four-year-old daughter was accused of witchcraft by none other than Ann Putnam. She claimed that the child's apparition harmed her in her sleep. So Dorothy, the four-year-old, was chained in a filthy dungeon for approximately eight months. And though she was not convicted or executed, she developed a mental illness from the stress and the abuse of the jail that affected her for the rest of her life. Since so she, she, she had post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, she, well, she, she pretty much went crazy. She, she lost her mind while she was in prison. And then since Sarah Good was pregnant, her execution was set to take place after she gave birth. She, she ended up giving, giving birth in, in jail. And the baby ended up passing away in jail. So there was a lot of people accused. You know, that's how the witch trials went. It seemed like there was almost a formula to how everything went. A person would get accused of witchcraft. In court, the accuser would provide spectral evidence. And spectral evidence was not real evidence. They would... Hence, spectral. Yeah, yeah, it was... (laughs) Ghostly. it, It was literally just saying a premonition of... This person appeared and harmed me, and they took that as evidence. Like you said, those outrageous claims were taken as real, you know. Like physical evidence. Physical evidence, yeah. And there's you know, nothing you could really do. You know? No, so when they were talk about these things, were, I mean, obviously as the quote-unquote victims here, what were they like in the courtroom? So yeah, so they would claim that this person hurt them, and then at a convenient moment they would start having their fits like they would start getting the shake shakes or start screaming and convenient meaning like in the courtroom yeah in the courtroom in, in front of everybody and that's how it was with the uh, original two accusers the little little girls the betty paris and abigail williams was they seemed to have fits when somebody was over at their house kind so of like v- in, yeah visibly. work in the system there pretty much okay so yeah the accuser would say Something like the apparition of the accused appeared before them and hurt them, whether it was stabbing them, choking them, or harming them in, in a way until they signed the book of the devil. Then in court, they would display acts of pain or a fit when the accused touched them, leaving the accused with no way to defend themselves. Didn't they make, like, the accused touch them to make them stop hurting them? Like, that, wasn't that like a sign so or proof? It was like, yeah, so, like, they would be, you know, having a seizure. I mean, that was the most extreme way, but, like, they'd be suffering from whatever ailment they say is happening to them. And then, but the minister or whoever was there is like, the only way to prove she's a witch is if she cures her right now. And so they would force them to touch them. and Touch then they, the victim. Touch yeah. the victim who was having the ailment. And if the ailment stopped right then and there. Right. Then it's like, oh, she's a witch because she helped stop the pain. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're just it, setting it, these women it up. It would work vice versa too, where they would, it would be touch him or say something, and then the, the victim would. Her spectral is yeah. touching me yeah. again. <laughs> they're hurting me, and then they. When Tichuba was talking about her premonition, the girls would echo pretty much everything that she said. That's just sad and vulgar. Is it though? (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to talk about other accused. Bridget Bishop was accused immediately after uh, Tejuba's confession. Bridget Bishop owned a couple of taverns 
and she was highly disliked and criticized by her peers. Besides the accused, many others testified against Bishop, saying uh, she bewitched children and had dolls to use uh, satanic rituals. So voodoo dolls? Like voodoo dolls. Okay. Another one was Rebecca Nurse, and this one is interesting. She was accused of witchcraft. However, she was highly liked and was an exceptional member of the community. Many acquaintances petitioned for her release. However, the accuser's performance in court ultimately led to her execution. Charges against Rebecca Nurse and Martha Corey really unsettled the community because both women were full covenant members of the church. If those exemplary people could be witches, then anyone could be in bed with the devil and being members of the church offered no immunity from the trials. So these were outstanding women who were basically pillars of society. Yeah. And they were accused. Accused and... Didn't Rebecca Nurse originally, hers was not guilty, but the, like, didn't the children, like, act out and, like, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, it's her, it's her? I think that's what it was, yeah, because in court, that's when ultimately it was like, oh, yeah, she's a witch. And so and the judge was no. like, uh, jurors, you need to come back with a different answer. Yeah. And they changed their verdict on the poor girl. Which one, Rebecca? Rebecca Nurse. Yeah. Well, she's like the oldest one, I think, to yes. get accused. She's yeah, like 70-something. She, she, yeah, she was older, yeah. 72. They dragged her like out of her deathbed and stuff. Just to kill her. <laughs> she, exactly. She was sick. I mean, who does that? That's terrible. And I think I even read at one point in time... There was one girl that was screaming, you know, a certain name like Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. But she was pointing at a woman named Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. So someone whispered in her ear and told her it's the wrong person. And she turned to the right person. I mean, this is how out of control. It's probably that Putman chick. I think she's the one. Yeah, I think she accuses a lot. I think she didn't. She accuse uh, 60 something. Yeah, 62. But Nurse Good, Rebecca, uh, Rebecca Nurse, Rebecca Nurse and Martha uh, Corey. Yeah, I believe so. And that was, you know, that was the other thing was when, you know, when stuff like that happened, like she's pointing at the wrong person or the accusers would change up their stories on the judges. The judges would brush it off as if, oh, the devil made them forget. So they don't know any better. Oh, my God. So honestly, you're fighting against the system and there, there was no fight. There was no, no way. winning. No the, winning. Yeah, well, yeah, the only way to win was to do what Tichuba did and plead guilty. But the problem was, if you pleaded guilty, there were consequences. Yeah, there, there were consequences, but you weren't... Yeah, you were still in prison, but you weren't sentenced to death. True, but <laughs> if you were a property owner and you admitted, you oh, just yeah. lost that property. You yeah. lost all that property. So that's what I'm about to get into right get now. Get in there. Yeah, so... Giles and Martha Corey. So after Martha was arrested for witchcraft, Giles, an 80-year-old man, turned his back on her. However, reconsidered when he himself was accused by uh, oh, what a dick. Mercy Lewis. Yeah. Who I think was a Putnam. So Mer- uh, Mercy Lewis was, she was a servant to the Putnam family. Mm. Yeah. Oh, she, okay. she accused uh-huh. a lot of guys too, yeah. She said that Giles Spector appeared and forced her to write her name in the devil's book. You know, standard. During the trials, Giles refused to plead either guilty or not. So he was put through torture. That was the main thing. They had to plead either guilty or not guilty. Because if they're not saying anything, they don't know what to do with them. And they didn't want witches walking the streets. 
So Right, they had to set an example of this guy. Yeah, so he was subject to pena forte et dure, which is awful way of me saying that, which is French for strong and hard punishment. Is a method of torture where a person lays on the ground and they put a flat piece of wood on top of them and put heavy objects on top of them. It's a very long and painful torture. So it they keep putting stones on top of the... Oh, the board. Yeah, it's a board that lays on your body. And uh-huh. they keep putting stones on top of it and just continuously crushes it until your body finally gives out. But if you hold out, that means the devil's giving you the powder to fight back and survive. No. No? This is a torture, not a means of determining whether he was oh. a witch or not. So well, they were, if someone's really strong and lifts it up. Well, <laughs> they put more <laughs> weight on it. He's 80 years old. <laughs> they were built different back then. <laughs> it can pick up rocks like it was nothing. So, yeah. So, the reason Giles chose not to plead guilty or not guilty, and he was tough. He held out until he died, is because if he pleaded guilty... He would forfeit his belongings and his land after his death. So, uh, however, he died during the torture. His belongings were inherited by his next of kin. His kids. Yeah. I actually read that that form causes people's tongues to kind of stick out. And the sheriff was so pissed off with him because he wouldn't cooperate with the court proceedings that when... Corey's mouth would stick out because of the weight being pressed on his body. The sheriff would shove his tongue back into his mouth, like forcefully. And I mean, it's just, can you imagine? He's Why's 80 years up? old, <laughs> you know, he, doing this to an 80 year old man. Yeah. But I mean, I, that, that I, sheriff was a piece of work too. Everything he confiscated, even after the trials and after they uh, cleared all the people, he never gave anything back. Yeah, douchebag. So, yeah, that was one of the more interesting cases. Um, the jail, the jail that the witches were thrown into and was a, the Salem jail. It was essentially just like a barn and became overcrowded really fast. The jail was small. It was meant as a place where incarcerated would wait for trial. It wasn't made for long living conditions, like for months at a time. So the wooden chair... Jail turned into an ice box in the winter and an oven in the summer, which almost, with almost non-existent hygiene, it was pretty much a pot in the corner. And since it was so overcrowded, it I don't think it was emptied that that often. Right, they but didn't care. They're witches. <laughs> right, they're making witch cakes. I mean, they have a four-year-old <laughs> in there for Christ's sakes. So by the end of the trials, on the map you could see that Salem was divided in half. One side was more of accusers, including the Parises and the Putnams, and the others were the accused, which is the same cri- uh, criteria of the map uh, consisted of people who wanted a church built in Salem Village rather than going to the Salem Town Church that was five miles away. So then, you know, conveniently, the people who wronged the Putnams at some point or another would be accused of witchery, like you said before. For example, former minister of the town, George Burroughs. So he was the minister before Paris. So he was accused by Mercy Lewis. Um, George Burroughs not only denied all accusations, he also questioned the reality of the spectral evidence. 
George Burrow was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. During his hanging, this is kind of interesting to me, George Burroughs, because we said before that the witched couldn't, all, couldn't say the prayers, right? The Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer without anything. So during his hanging, with the noose around his neck, George Burroughs be- began to recite the Lord's Prayer, word for word, something that was said to be impossible by a witch. The crowd was touched by the prayer and began to argue that George needed to be set free. They became unsettled. They're like, he's innocent. We need to get him Right, off. this is our proof. We're and saying he can't do yeah. that, and he did. However, the minister from Boston that just arrived to watch the execution, Cotton Mather, subdued the crowd saying, Burroughs is not an ordained minister. Like, he used to be a minister, but to be an ordained minister, I think you had to have your own church and all kinds of stuff. So he never got to that point. Oh, my God. And so he wasn't a real minister. Oh, my God. And <laughs> but the, he said the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And then the devil often trans, uh, transformed himself into an angel of the light to uh, trick people. So that settled the crowd enough for them to hang George Burroughs. And, you know, just so you know, when they say hang, the people were forced to basically jump off a ladder. Yeah. So, With a noose around there. It was like a tree. It's like a tree branch or something. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was, I think it was a rock. I, I, oh, looked, yeah. <laughs> I looked at it now, and it's like this big old stone. So, Well, and that's kind of part of the problem. You're not exactly 100% sure where the hanging gallows were. In addition to that, and this contributes to, you know, like I said earlier, the mystery surrounding this situation they don't know where the bodies are buried mm-hmm. yeah because they didn't they didn't care they Correct. didn't get they a just proper put them in a christian mess. burial that and exactly even if they had spared the body the bodies weren't allowed to be buried in the christian and sanctified cemeteries and jo- george burroughs they they whoever buried him they buried him really loosely like real fast to where his like part of his face and his foot was still sticking out the ground correct so, I mean, just a shoddy disregard for life there. Now, we've talked about the accusers. We've talked about some of the victims. Some of the judges were a bit bad. Did you want me to say? <laughs> shoddy. Well, no, that's fucking shitty. I mean, they're all the same story. They're every, every, every fucking judge was an asshole. I mean, they were quick to get it over with. They didn't want to go through the proceedings. You said one guy came from Boston, and he just swayed the crowd and won one statement right so uh, I, oh and that guy who um who watched the trial and mm-hmm. couldn't sway the crowd he was the one who wrote that witches could not recite prayer so he went back on his own word like already, a, yeah so some of the the tests that they did were obviously the witch cakes that we already talked about giving them to the dog another one was a swimming test where a finger of one hand would be tied to the opposite foot of of the person that would be thrown into the lake and if the person floated that would mean they were they're a witch if the person sank that would mean they're not the dangers of this test is that sometimes they couldn't get to the person get the person out of the water in time and the person would drown but like you said before you know you're, you're not a witch <laughs> go to heaven now <laughs> We talked about the touch test. If the witch touched the victim while they were having an episode, they would stop. Pro- you know, that would prove her guilt or vice versa. She would touch him and they would 
freak out. Body markings, you already mentioned, touched on that, right? Yeah. First, yeah, mall birthmarks. It was believed that that's where the devil would drink the witch's blood. The uh, body marks. Yeah, the body the b- marks. The marks. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing that we haven't mentioned was they would even have the suspected witch's strip to be examined for that third nipple. <laughs> Even to the point where they check the genitalia and the anus of both men and women. So, I mean, your whole life is in this horrific balance. And on top of everything else, three or four strangers get to poke and prod your body looking for the signs that you are a witch. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and nobody looked for signs that you're not a witch. (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. Sorry. Another thing was uh, some of the executions. A lot of people talk about burning at the stake. Though burning a witch at the stake was a common practice in Europe, you know, during the trials, which were, happened a little bit, a little bit before. In Salem, they mostly, uh, mostly used hanging, and hanging was where the accused would have the rope around their neck to a tree, and would start stand. In, in this case that I saw was on a large rock then would be pushed off. So this execution was considered more more humane you know, than burning due to it was meant to break the person's neck when they, when they were pushed off the ledge. But how, and they were supposed to die instantly. However, that didn't happen every time. Occasionally the neck would not break and the person would suffer from suffocation, which was much more hor- horrible to watch. Then right, you're watching them basically be strangled to death right in front right. of you. Right. Instead you of know, one quick. That could take you know minutes of this person struggling. Yeah, some of the accused died in jail in poor conditions. So a total of 14 women and six, six men and two dogs were executed during the Salem Witch Trial. <laughs> there was one accuser, or uh, there was two, but the, the one I read was one of the girls accused a dog of hunting her dreams. And they, uh, they just took it out back and shot it. There was no trial. Really? There no, was trial no trial for the dog. For the dog. And what about cats? Which one didn't get a chance? So th- the cats, I think they considered was there were just devil's servants. They weren't. Did they kill cats? I don't. Not that I found. Well, I mean, now because of that, you know, that's why you know every Halloween now cats are black cats. Black cats are deemed freaking evil. Evil and bad luck and. You know, and that and that's because of this. You know, you hear all these different stories and everything else, and and mostly because it and it takes the government or you know, the local government to to stop all that. They could have ended the trials, correct? Because it was in their hands. It, and, and I'm assuming you know how exactly how these trials end. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no. the governor of Massachusetts, his wife gets accused of witchery. And that's when he finally steps in and says, well, maybe I should probably stop this. And he signs a bill saying there will be no more executions of witches. And obviously, all all the, the, the courts that they ran all get disbanded. Mm-hmm. And they start running regular courts the way they ran them before. Not this. Yeah. Not this. Spectral bullshit, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the, the reason behind these spectral things is... The, is a major factor in all of them is the the judge, or he's not even a judge. He he got basically his own title or division for th- these specific cases. So 
And that guy is William Stoughton. Stoughton. Stout. Stout. Stoughton. 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 And he was basically the guy running this because he was given the task by the governor of the new province area. Massachusetts, probably? Or Well, it's, it's Massachusetts, so yeah. Okay. But he was, you know, he played the game of, you know somebody, and you just keep moving up in the ranks, you know. Oh, I know somebody who can get me here. So basically, he has no experience. He name dropped, up. basically. Yeah. He's like, oh, I know so-and-so. This shit floats to the top. We right. know this. So he, he makes his way to the top, and then now he's he's in charge of these cases, and he's the reason why the spectral evidence was allowed, because nobody was getting acquitted, and now he has nothing to show for his job. So he's like, oh, well, you know, spectral evidence is a thing. Right. So then it's guys like this the reason why he kept going. And just because he's... This mighty judge who was given the power to do so, he can do that. Right. So that kind of begins the you know, the corruption of our government at the very beginning. Of this situation, right. Or just in the general. I mean, you know, we don't have, we don't, I don't even know if we have all 13 colonies at this point. I'm assuming we're not. We we're not even a nation. We're, a, we're almost 100 years away from declaring our independence from England. Right. So, you know. But, you know, London doesn't care. <laughs> None of England doesn't care about this. No, absolutely not. It's just you're on your own. Right. So, so was this the hanging judge? Is that what they called him? Yes, because he's, I mean, basically everything just points back to him of being why everything is out of control. Out of control is that because he name dropped himself being in charge of everything and just, <laughs> just making this happen. So, I mean, but he, he has like little to no actual law experience. He just worked his way up. Fucking amazing. So, but, you know, he, he doesn't want to let anyone down, you know. So he's like, oh, I'm just going to change the game. Right. And so he allowed the dreams, the visions, all the spectral evidence, the someone's choking in the in the, the courtroom and all that. Like that's actual proof. Right. Because okay. now, he's, you know, now he's gaining popularity. He's showing results for everything that's happened. And there's even the case of Bridget Bishop. I, I think you guys mentioned the name. Probably. Earlier, yeah. yeah. So she, you know, she says, "I don't even know what a witch is," and you guys accuse me of this. So how can I be a witch if I don't know what it is? And everyone's like, "Well, she's right." And he's like, "Nah, she's just fucking playing that mm. off." <laughs> everyone knows what a witch is, and she's like, "I don't know what you guys are talking about." But you know, everyone goes along with it because this guy's got you know the big name, and you know, unfortunately, he doesn't even get he gets blamed for it, quote unquote. So like. Someone does something bad, and then he actually, you know, he ends up taking a different position somewhere else in government, and just doesn't get punished for it. He just leaves it, just moves, it moves, moves on. Wow! So not even well because after the witch trials are over, there's no more witch trial division, basically. Right. And so he's still in politics. Well, it sounds like a real politician to me. <laughs> so. So, yeah, he found six of them at least guilty for witchcraft, but, you know, he's the reason why all the evidence was able to fucking go and do what they were doing. So the fallout now is is that, and and I actually did not know this until we started the research. I started my research on this. So one of the towns that keep coming up is the town of Danvers, and I was like... It's like right there. Right. So apparently... Like I said earlier before, there was the village of Salem, then there was the town of Salem. Well, in 1752, Salem Village becomes independent of the town of Salem 
and changes its names to Danvers. So that's how come a lot of times you'll see Salem slash Danvers is because they were once this one big you know, city, right? A, a group and the village again being different, even in economic terms from the town separated and they renamed themselves. And part of it was, of course, was to kind of move beyond their part in the Salem witch trials. I hope they got their own church. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go to Salem today, post COVID, I guess we're post COVID maybe. Oh, almost there. Right. So I, I mean, only from my own personal experience, I went there during COVID. So unfortunately for me, a lot of places were closed there was a lot of interaction, but the whole town of Salem itself is oh, balls to the wall, witch trial stuff. Like it's a tourist town. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. how they make their money. That's how they make their money. Which is fine though, because you know this actually did happen. Right. And I don't. And what? How long did you guys say this? The trials lasted for? I think it's within a year. a year. No, a, a little over a year. A little Just over a year? little over. In, Starting from accusations to correct. actual trials. To January, February. To of the release of everybody. May 19, or 1693. 1693. It's about 15 months. 15 months. So 15 months, has, you know, just 15 months of time has created 300 years of hearsay, drama. Drama for yeah. the whole world to hear, essentially. And, I mean, the reason why it, it stays so prominent is and you know, we use terms like witch trial. Oh, this is a witch trial, or this is or witch hunt. Witch hunt, you know, is because it's that. It's like a huge mind explosion of like, how could someone let this happen? Like these fifteen months of hell for these people. Correct, and people died at, at the hands of children. Now I will say this because I chew after everything I've read and you know watched the documentaries that I made husband Jeff watch with me. <laughs> I firmly believe that Paris, who wanted to expand his role, expand his authoritarian, thought to himself, we're going to create this, but I'm going to control it to show this town how much I am needed here. Like, he he maybe went to the daughter. This shit starts in his house. Right. It's it, it's it's his own plot. It's like... It's like uh, Strabo, Strabone, whatever the I say his name, the judge. Okay, you know and he wants to make a name for himself and prove exactly. that his legitimateness. But I really think he encouraged the girls to do this with the intent to show Salem that he has the power to save Salem. That w- I really believe that that was his intent. It just got out of control, it blew out of proportion, like the French Revolution, how it kept falling onto itself, collapsing onto itself, and turning on the people involved. I really think that that was his original. He he initiated this, but it just spun out. Well, I think he got greedy. So, as you mentioned, you guys mentioned that you know, if you were pro- you you admitted guilt, right? Confessed to being. Yeah, you lose your possessions. So someone who has nine taverns or someone who owns property, you know, that's that's oh, yeah. that's that. So that's what Somebody's makes you back gaining, then. yeah. Yeah, someone's gaining out of this. So I'm sure in the beginning it was, you know, at first someone's like, Hey, you know, I kinda get what you're doing. You know, let's work something out. That's how come Ann Putnam joins the three. The but Ann Putnam at the time was what? Eleven. Eleven. She has nothing to gain from it. Her but family does. Her family the right. So, you know, she's already the front runner, you know. Hey, do this, do this, and that. So, but 
And she does, 14 years down the road, apologize, saying, I... I it wasn't was, intentional, she says. Right. right. Yeah. She said Satan made her do it. Yeah, She well, still blames the devil for making... She can't it. name daddy. But it was like 60 people she accused of. 62 people 62. out of... I think... A, Almost 200. Right. The chart that I saw, and, you know, that's the other thing about this entire situation that is mind-blowing to me. People were not allowed to document what was going on. They were forbidden. And they got rid of a lot of the documentation. Well, yes and no. Right. Well, because, so, afterwards, certain people were so, you know, were like, this is crazy. We have to tell people. So, people were like, oh, no, let's just kind of sweep this under the rug. Pretend this didn't happen. So, I mean, there's one dude's like uh, this guy named Thomas. I want to say Maul. Maul. It's like Darth Maul. So Thomas Maul. Okay. He he was a Quaker, which was a political term back then. Oh, like a like a political figure. Like the oatmeal. Like the oatmeal. Yeah, it looks just like that guy in the okay. fucking can. <laughs> um, he actually publicly criticizes the handling of the trials itself. As he as everybody should have. Right, but you know he he writes his book. Um, the truth held forth. It's it's a whole criticization of a lot of the government, how things should be ran, and you know he, he's trying to take his political figure into it. But he actually mentions in one of his chapters the Salem witch trials and how bad, badly that was uh, operated, r- operated handled. and handled. Yeah. So he has documents and everything. He shows details of the cases of how that went down and how our government shouldn't be allowed. Our local governments shouldn't just be able to dictate things like that. So, I mean, he, he paid the crime, though, unfortunately, by staying in jail for a year. But, I mean, he wasn't found guilty. He was sticking out. But, he you know, it was slandering of your government. So, another reason why he stood up was like, look, I'm going to prison now just for talking out. And he writes a book saying why this is having this kind of authority without free speech is a problem. Right. So, and, you know, he writes that book. So people start seeing the words of the Salem. I mean, the words already spread by the Salem Wistras across the colonies, or whoever's the colonists at that time. time. And, you know, so to make up for it, the uh, general court in 96, 1696, decided we should have a a fast day to commemorate the the lives that have suffered and acknowledgement of our wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) I mean, just, you know, a day of fasting. It's like, oh, sorry. Uh, they paid out the families of right. victims a little bit. Right. So and the families started fighting back and right. were like, no, that's not enough. We need the whole families of ours. We've lost, we've lost our, we've lost lives, lost right. our family members. You know, we've been, we've been slandered for now. And our reputation will never be the word it used to be. So now they're, they're requesting, you know, some sort of compensation. And at first they just got an acknowledgement of, okay, you guys are good. Anyone who petitions to be reprimanded for what they've done or were accused of, you know, you're, Officially cleared now, but only people who were petitioned. But as years goes on, they eventually kind of start the government. You know, people are still petitioning. Like, hey, right, because they help us. Right, we've been fucked. <laughs> Correct. And in 1722, they got like 600 bucks, <laughs> which was a lot back then. Don't mean shit. Well, <laughs> if you own nine taverns and you right. fucking lost your grandma for some shit. Um, but the state of Massachusetts actually goes on and a formally apologizes in 1957. So there is, there's been a progression of yes, we've done fucked up. And it's not even just ninety percent. It takes to two thousand one to finally clear the last, I think, eleven of the deceased. 
Okay. Because I don't think they had family members left. So 2001 was like the last official time when they finally were like, hey, you know. My bad. My bad. 300-something years later. Almost 300 years later. It's 300-something years later. Yeah, 300, yeah. So I do know, and maybe you saw them, there were at least two memorial sites in recognition of those who perished, were hung. We're talking, of course, Proctor's Ledger. And there was, like, this park, this massive, like, it's kind of like a, not really a park, but this oval shape memorial. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Memorial I've seen park. That. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's a, like, a, like a little stone, stone wall. It's like a U, yeah. right? Right. Of all the unfortunate victims of this ridiculous hysteria that we allowed nine-year-olds to dictate. That just floors me. I I just well, that's the thing. I mean, when when you hear that, like, I mean, yeah, you're gonna be concerned if a, an adult's being wronged, but you're more concerned when a child's being wronged. And I feel like that's what. Yeah, I'm like, yes, they had their their own, own stuff in the background going, but the the people that weren't part of the little uh, heist that they were doing were just like, oh, no, you know, somebody's harming our kids. We have to act. Well, I was talking about the accusers. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah the <laughs> oh, ni- yeah, but okay, the yeah, I see what you're saying. And the, the town is trying to protect the accusers because. But are they really? Yeah. They're like. Oh, well, yeah. like, put the, the, the little beginning, girl. You know, they got her scared. parents, her family, like, dies. Her parents' stuff die, like, a couple years after the trials. Are you talking about Ann Putnam? Ann Putnam Junior. Yeah, her f- parents die. So she's left alone to be the oldest sibling and has to raise like, raise like nine kids. And then she ends up dying when she's like 30 years, 30 something years old. And she only, you know, apologizes when she's like late 20s. But I mean, she's suffering now, so well, maybe Karma just, came back and got that ass. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, you. I one of these days I'm gonna get to Salem. I want to see, I and the again they don't really know the exact location of the hanging place. They speculate, they have an assumption, and they don't know where the bodies are. And I just feel like, okay, you've all come clean. Why haven't you found the bodies? Well, I mean, it happened 300 years ago. I know. I mean, but like, you should go to Salem. I mean, unfortunately, one time I went over there. It was went there the second half of the day. We didn't get to see a whole lot. And plus, I said COVID was happening, so all the museums and stuff were closed, and they weren't really doing anything. But they do a yearly festival starting from October to the end of October. So the month of October, they do a whole Salem Salem thing. So they do, like, different things. So they have people dress up. They they do a day of remembrance with the people. I mean, they do – they go all out. But then again, that's, you know, it's it's their moneymaker. So – but they – But, I mean (laughs) – they're still recognizing, right? Everyone the understands the 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 victims and the tragedy that it shouldn't have been, right? But it was. But you know, now everyone else, you know, it affects. Like I said, it affects the sayings we have today: movies, hocus pocus, games. I mean, it creates stories for everyone else. Even a play, the the Crucible. Arthur Miller. Arthur Miller's Crucible right. is based off of. Do you know I was in that? You played a in role high in school, there? yeah. Were you a witch? 
I am, it was so long ago. It was a very small part. Were you Strombon, whatever the hell I was doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> Were you the judge? I was not the judge. <laughs> Take thou spectral evidence and file it. <laughs> 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 okay, so that's it. That's what we have for you tonight, the Salem Witch Trials. Another news. <laughs> Check out the Facebook page. We're getting a lot more. Yeah. A lot has been quite recently. We're getting a lot of people joining the page. We just got to get people to post on there. You know, it's the it's not just you mostly. I haven't posted. I don't think I've posted one thing on there. But you know, you, everyone, anyone could post or talk about whatever. It's still, we need more paranormal more, related or par- well, yeah, I mean, true crime, yeah. anything. You know, to say hey, you know, a shout out to whatever. Or if you got a story or article, you see. I mean, that's how some of these begin. It's like remember you saw the the article of pictures taken before this happened what happened and that led to Tina Tina the honeymoon the honeymoon killer yeah yeah so I mean anything I mean we're and we're always digging for new topics and doing everything if that I mean that's that's what it takes for the viewers or the viewers but the listeners to to intervene and say hey this is something I was interested in and might be curious right if you should look into this aside from sending me an email the, well you could do email too right but I mean we also have YouTube Yes. You're on YouTube, of course. We are on YouTube. So I know a lot of people sometimes don't like the ads on Spotify or anything like that. They use YouTube, and it makes it easier because you know you put it on your computer and you're doing and whatever. It, it's not a video though; it is all audio. Right, and you know it shows just a picture, but you know it's still the same episode. Right, right, exactly. Just on YouTube, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify. But as you mentioned, uh, if you have a topic that you would like us to to talk about, to put an episode out on. Send us an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Final thoughts, Polar Bear. Have you uh, been to Salem? No, I haven't. I'd like to go. You just got to go to Boston. I mean, well, why don't we place. go in October? We could. That's a thing we could potentially do because it's not very expensive to go over there, especially well, if COVID's over, right. allegedly. Well, we'll see. Uh, final thoughts, Polar Bear. Panda Bear. <laughs> <laughs> final thoughts, Panda. Me? <laughs> yeah, no. Like I said, it, I think it, it's effect for something this big to happen and still affect us. What three hundred and thirty-one years later? Thirty-one years later, that's pretty crazy. Right. You can, I mean, you know, a lot of things still affect us to this day with Lassie, but this is, I think, not just for a public opinion of the government, but is show how government can get twisted up pretty quick. Right. You know, it's it's crazy to think it's not just a paranormal topic. It's. That's an overall topic about everything, really. Right. Right. Uh, and that's kind of what Arthur Miller's Crucible was about. It was about McCarthyism and a witch hunt. So, mm-hmm. And it's still a thing. I mean. It still happens, right? Correct. People create witch hunts to this day. Right. All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is why we... Hope to meet you where the dark corners are. Oh, you can't be making noises, man. Charlie started it. Fucking up. Motherfucker was, you know, you know, scruffing and scruffing and she was like, okay, bro. He's being quiet now. Now he is. <laughs> yeah, fucking hearsay. <laughs> fucking bullshit. Heresy! Heresy! <laughs> You're bullshit. a witch! You're bullshit. a witch! Your dog's a witch! <laughs>
Summoning Satan. Okay. Oh, now you're silent now that we're no one's talking, huh? Yeah. He's of itch. There was two dogs that got executed in Salem really? for being witches. I did not see that. Which dogs? Okay. I don't know. Some dogs. Which dogs? No, I don't know which dogs. Some I dogs. <laughs> Shut the, I was like, no, which dogs? <laughs> <laughs> <They're just regular. laughs> I don't know which dogs. 